artificial intelligence, the reality that software can actually take over some of the work normally done by humans. What was once the stuff of science fiction has emerged as a major feature of today's healthcare. It's all around us. Welcome to Until It's Fixed. I'm your host, Susan Denser. Artificial intelligence, often referred to as AI, is a broad field. You'll sometimes hear other terms mentioned, like machine learning, rules-based or expert systems, natural language processing, or deep learning. That's because AI isn't a singular technology, but rather an umbrella term that includes using methods such as machine learning. Some aspects of AI, such as systems designed to enhance clinical decision-making, are sometimes referred to as augmented intelligence. They're designed to be a backstop to human thinking, not a substitute. Whatever we call the technology, the healthcare sector is incorporating more of these innovations into its work. According to the third annual Optum survey on AI and healthcare, 98% of senior executives surveyed in provider, health plan, life sciences, and employer organizations have an artificial intelligence strategy in place for their organization or are planning on creating one. The top three applications they are planning for include monitoring data, such as through wearable technology, accelerating research for clinical trials, and improving the accuracy of health claim coding. One reason that AI is exploding is that healthcare today employs more data than any one human can quickly take in, analyze, and act upon. Electronic medical records, advances in treatment and care, and new sources of data like wearables are driving an explosion of data. AI can compile, translate, see patterns in data, and then analyze it, and then put it to use in problem solving. Optum Sanji Fernando explains. Artificial intelligence can really augment that clinical experience. If we could figure out what's important from this explosion of data and present it in a salient and summarized and cogent way to clinical experts, clinicians of, of all types, physicians, nurse practitioners, I think that's going to be extremely valuable to help people get to better outcomes. It'll take time and effort and a lot of coordination, but you can imagine how important that's going to be as the amount of data about our health continues to grow. But the algorithms that underpin artificial intelligence also reflect the data generated by the healthcare system. So if health inequity exists in the healthcare system today, it could be learned and inadvertently perpetuated by our AI solutions if we're not careful. Today, we'll explore some of the potential challenges of using AI, many of which do trace back to the biases in the data that reflect how individuals receive healthcare today. Maybe you've read about facial recognition software that once identified Oprah Winfrey as a male because it was trained mainly to recognize white faces. Understanding how we train AI solutions and how we evaluate how they perform is a critical step to address the potential of bias. It's also critical that AI not inadvertently reinforce discrimination, disparities, and other social inequities. Since artificial intelligence in healthcare is here to stay, what's being done to ensure that AI is developed and used ethically? How do we avoid the danger of AI compounding biases and prompting us to make decisions that disadvantage some populations? 
How can we make sure that AI applications help us achieve our goals and aspirations for an equitable healthcare system, one that addresses an individual's needs sooner while potentially avoiding injustices of the past? In today's episode, I'm speaking with two people who believe everyone must participate in the responsible and ethical application of AI. My name is Steve Griffiths, and I'm a senior vice president and the chief operating officer for Optum's enterprise analytics organization. In November 2019, the respected journal Science published an article in which academic researchers identified how an Optum software tool could be potentially misused to the detriment of Black people and other underserved Americans. The tool is called Impact Pro. It's based on a relatively simple form of AI known as a rules-based system. That's similar to a so-called expert software system that might help a doctor choose the correct diagnosis based on a cluster of patient symptoms. The tool and software application Impact Pro that Optum sells is just one of many software applications that uh, are used to identify individuals for care management. And that tool is one that we've basically licensed to health plans and to health systems for probably the last 16 years or so. Um, again, it started out more on the, the health plan or payer side and now has moved uh, and, and been used and purchased and licensed more by health systems. The case reported in science involved one health system based in the Northeast. The system used only a small part, one predictive model, of the Impact Pro software to try to identify future high-cost patients who could benefit from special interventions to improve their health. The algorithm the health system used focused on high patient health care costs as a proxy for high medical need. So basically, their whole model was really just looking for people that were going to be at high cost and then providing care for them. And they used that to identify individuals in the top, I think it was 3% uh, of future cost. And based on that prediction, they referred them into a provider or clinician for care services. The health system used the model to help guide referrals to a care program to help drive down patients' costs and improve their health. Other patients who did not meet the threshold were also referred to these programs, however, so nobody was denied care. But the authors of the science article still noticed a big problem with that approach to predicting potential future health care needs for patients. Black Americans have historically had less access to health care than white populations. They therefore have lower health care expenses, even if they're not well. So by looking only for the highest cost patients, the predictive algorithm might potentially undercount and under-identify black patients. In fact, the researchers estimated that using the algorithm the way this one hospital system did could mean that only about half of black patients would be appropriately identified as candidates for the extra help. I think that the, the article certainly got attention, but I think more broadly it was a wake-up call for the healthcare industry. The the tool and software applications that Optum sells is just one of many software applications that, that uh, are used to identify individuals for care management. All health plans do it, and increasingly health systems are, are using these tools or their own internal methods to do this. So it did become a beacon in the industry to ensure that these tools are used appropriately. 
The problem wasn't that the software itself was systematically biased. It was the way the health system used the tool that created the bias. Although the entire Impact Pro software suite considers 1,700 different variables involving patients, the one health system client was using just the one predictive variable, focusing on future costs. Think of the software creating ingredients, and then the client, using a clinical model and clinicians and analytics folks, creates a recipe for finding individuals. And it's, it's the recipe, in this case, that created bias and, and not the model itself. Their recipe included one variable. We do not recommend that. And we use hundreds of variables in our, in our recipes, and every other client with whom we work does as well. The rules that we create and that we work with clients to create are much more, again, multidimensional. Do you have diabetes? Do you have other comorbidities? Have you been in the hospital recently? Do you have behavioral health needs? What medications are you on? Have you had your diabetic retinopathy screening this year? Are you getting your A1C blood glucose tested on a regular basis? That would be a much more multidimensional recipe, if you will, than saying, hey, are you gonna be high cost next year? Because again, this particular issue in the article that was studied was more about not the tool. Again, the tool is not biased. It's, it's how you apply the tool that can create bias. And that is something that we all need to be thinking about. Again, where disparities occur in the system, in the data, in the models, and in the applications of those models. A computer software's binary code is based on yes and no black and white, ones and zeros. But even millions of lines of code can't fully capture the complexities of our brain's synapses. Without being shaped and backstopped by human judgment, including moral and ethical perspectives, AI is incomplete. Optum's 2020 annual survey asked industry executives about AI and its role in achieving more equitable health. 96% said AI is important to helping them achieve health equity. But 75% of these same executives cited bias as their reason for doubts or mistrust in AI, either in how algorithms are used or in the algorithms themselves. And in fact, a recent piece published by the healthcare news site STAT points to multiple instances in which population health analytics software produced by developers other than Optum also yielded racially biased results. The healthcare system in itself creates bias because individuals have differential access to care, different benefits through their employers, those types of things, care delivery and care patterns of physicians. The healthcare system creates these disparities. Those disparities and inequities are coded in data. So the challenging reality is that software built on data from today's healthcare system may inevitably reflect its biases and disparities until the system manages to root those out. That's why it's critical that technology not make matters any worse. As a result, Optum has continually pushed for new approaches to prevent inequity in the use of AI, establishing additional resources for employees building advanced analytics and AI tools. It created its own Committee for the Responsible Use of Advanced Analytics with leaders from across Optum and its parent company, United Health Group. 
The committee's role is to reinforce and continuously review the strengths and limitations of AI in helping the healthcare system be more responsive to caregiver and patient needs. Steve leads that group. That committee has created and published guiding principles around the appropriate use of advanced analytics and emerging technology around concepts of fairness and transparency and health equity, ensuring that these tools align to our corporate mission about making the health system work better for everyone and improving the health of our patients and members. Another change is that Optum software developers now routinely probe for the potential for multiple forms of bias as they're building new systems. We have installed tools to consistently test for bias situations, whether it be gender-based, racial or ethnic-based, age. So basically, we have enabled our community of analytics and emerging technology individuals with tools, processes, guiding principles around how to do this most effectively. Uh, We're rolling out annual certification training for those who will work in this space, whether they be analytics individuals, machine learning folks, data scientists, uh, data engineering individuals, clinicians, some product leaders, because it is such an important concept. Sanjay Fernando and his team are designing AI solutions for Optum today, as well as creating tools and training described by Steve. My name is Sanjay Fernando. I'm Senior Vice President of Artificial Intelligence and Analytic Platforms. We've really wanted everyone to be a part of this conversation, whether it's a nurse, a clinician, a call center agent, a product manager, so they can understand when it's important to ask the right questions about how these models are being implemented, how they're being used. Or it's simply the non-technical leader to say, hey, have we asked the question, do we know how we're going to use this? Is it the right way to use this model? All that has to come together across our organization. Sanji explains that Optum is enabling thousands of product, analytics, and technology team members to create solutions with ethical approaches and protocols for AI. They're creating an internal enterprise resource called Optum IQ Studio. In some ways, it's the heart of analytics simply because it gives us a common set of tools to to train and develop both deterministic analytics and machine learning models. But it's much more than that. It's it's you know we call it a platform, but it's really almost like our DNA for how we approach analytics. And what do I mean by that? It gives us guidelines and processes so we can easily share the work we're doing across the enterprise. It provides us a framework in which to share and teach how to use modern advanced analytics and artificial intelligence solutions across the enterprise. So a big part of our focus is learning and and teaching not just data scientists and machine learning engineers on the latest and greatest techniques for artificial intelligence, but also helping non-technical audiences understand not simply what's possible, really understand what they need to understand in developing a solution, help them understand what questions to ask, how to find well-suited problems for artificial intelligence, and also understand how to evaluate those solutions, both in the trade-offs for 
for business decisions, but also with regard to fairness in these models. So having instituted these employee education and training programs, in general terms, what would you say people at Optum now know and understand that they didn't know or understand fully before? You know, we are a very large organization, so we are still rolling out these programs. But I've seen point examples where folks have asked a very appropriate question, like, how do we know if this model is impacting someone adversely? You know, we've got a long way to go to get this training out to you know, the hundreds of thousands of employees across Optum. But as we do, it's been nice to see people ask those types of questions. AI systems are now becoming even more advanced than rules-based systems like Impact Pro. They're embracing approaches such as machine learning and deep learning to learn directly from data and to mimic human decision-making. Here's how. They can be trained on data that a human would review and that are linked to the same answer or conclusion that the human would reach based on the data. For example, a software system designed to help identify serious skin cancers may be trained with millions of images of people with a condition. Each image is linked to the diagnosis a clinician would make after reviewing it. Then, when the system is exposed to new data, for example, images of patients from a different healthcare system, it uses what it has learned to spot signs of cancer in those new images. But if the training data consisted mostly of images of white patients, the system might not appropriately spot cancer in black patients. Also, when a machine learns how to identify a cancerous lesion, it does so very differently from the ways that humans do. With some approaches like deep learning, it's not always possible to determine what specific reasoning the system used to conclude that the image included a cancerous lesion. I asked Steve Griffiths whether these machine learning systems could compound the problem of data biases. There's a whole topic called explainable AI because some of the, the, the newer methods are, are black box and it's hard to tell exactly uh, what patterns they've identified and how they're coming up with their predictions. And so, again, going back to our guiding principles, we want to make sure that any time an AI is used, that we have an open and transparent way of identifying the data that was used for it, any explainable statistics, and sometimes we may use multiple methods. So, you know, trying to where we can understand how it's working. And then also making sure we're using it in thoughtful ways. So never again to replace clinical judgment or expert judgment, but always as, as more of an assistant or a way to enhance clinical judgment for our physician and experts. And so it, the, the thoughtful application of these AI models is critical. If you think about the concept of machine learning, we're essentially asking a software process to learn how to classify things instead of explicitly telling it, which boils down to a lot of mathematical equations with all this input data. And so we've created tools to manage that process from sort of inception, you know, gathering data, training different iterations of models, but then we what we get is, is a lot of documentation, a lot of information about how this model is working. 
But subsequently, then we can actually package the model up and run it as software as a service. Our key design principles is that we wanted to make the evaluation of fairness part of the model building process. If you're a data scientist, you can call these capabilities to evaluate your model. You could return those results and look at them alongside performance of the overall model. That was a real important facet for us because we felt that we wanted this evaluation of fairness to be ingrained in how we build AI solutions. In the end, avoiding challenges in artificial intelligence stemming from underlying biases in healthcare data won't be easily or quickly addressed. To repeat what Steve Griffith said before, data about the healthcare system will frequently reflect biases in that system, which in turn reflect underlying biases in society. When we zero in on factors like race, gender, or ethnicity, we will inherently confront biases in data. We don't have any magic fixes for this just yet, but being aware of that potential inequity as, as the model learns from the data it's presented is really important. Now, I'm not a clinician, but there, there may be very well situations where race, gender, things like that will necessarily be part of that healthcare equation. And so I just want to be careful. Like, we're not eliminating bias in any way. We're not necessarily, you know, policing as much as making sure we have all the tooling to understand when that can be prevalent. You know, we think about it as distributions, and if it's, you know, not evenly distributed, then we should have a conversation about what is that impact. Um, We think about things like food insecurity, um, social justice, all those may play a key role in, in getting to great health outcomes. And so I think it's important that I, I highlight, like, we really are just making sure we identify what that result is from the model. Um, but then people have to figure out how to use the model correctly, not, not AI in any way. Here's Steve once more. We need to be mindful of patients and of the the sort of the broader healthcare needs of our population to ensure that all of these resources are used to create intelligent that is thoughtful, that helps people live healthier lives, that makes a difference and does so in a thoughtful way, again, so that we're focusing on the, you know, the quadruple aim of, you know, improving total cost of care, improving clinical outcomes and quality of care, improving patient satisfaction and provider satisfaction uh, wherever we have the ability to do so. So shame on us as a healthcare system if we don't use these tools, but double shame on us if we don't use them appropriately. Absolutely. That's all for today's episode of Until It's Fixed, a podcast by Optum. I'm your host, Susan Denser. Please remember to subscribe to our show and leave a rating. That helps others interested in making the healthcare system work better to find our content. Thanks for listening.